0: All right, good evening. Today is Wednesday, December 15th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is um, on the doctor's opinion, step one. And our speaker tonight is Du R. Thank you, Du.
1: Actually, it's Du Al. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you want me to speak now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, so good to be at this meeting. And sorry, I'm just uh, didn't know the format or anything. Um, but I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. So wonderful to see so many faces. Um, usually everybody's hiding behind Zoom. And uh, so it's nice just to see the faces and everyone alert and, and whatnot. Um, and and I'm grateful because this is, this is probably the most important step ever. If you take step one the right way, um, then you'll, you can recover too. And, um, and, and that's just the foundation. That's not the whole entire part of getting recovered, right? What are we getting recovered from Uh, the body and the mind, right? I don't know about you guys, but I know that I ate for so many different reasons. And if I didn't have a reason, I was going to make up a reason (laughs) to eat. And, um, and I could give you all the excuses why I ate, you know, had a bad life. Didn't get along with my parents. Didn't get along with my child. Um, I lost a job. Someone died. You know, I mean, you could fill in blanks, right? Like I had all the excuses. And my story, you know, began that I I never had a lot of weight. Um, I was someone that was pretty much at a at a go weight, but I had a big problem and my problem started with alcohol. So I drank my weight through most of my life. So I never gained any weight because if I'm consuming alcohol, which is alcoholic sugar for us, I didn't see that I had a problem. My problem really began when I came into this program (laughs) of 12 steps. And, and I'll explain that. So at, In 2005, um, because I was falling down drunk, drunk, I came into 12-step program to get recovered from alcoholism. And sure enough, as I'm recovering from alcoholism and I put down the alcohol, someone at the meeting said, you know, put down the alcohol and pick up the sweets. Well, if you have the condition that I have, that's a deadly message, right? Because I put down the sugar alcohol and I picked up the solid sugar, right? Which was the food, the drinks, the milkshakes, the ice cream, the cake, you name it, I picked it up. And in four short years of trying to recover from alcoholism, I became 300 pounds. I just didn't know what to do with that right? And I became depressed. I ended up in institutions. I, 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 I mean, you thought my life was bad before? It became worse. And I'm like thinking, but I'm in program. How could this happen? I know the tall steps. How could this happen? And you know, this program is so anonymous that I didn't even know that something that's OA, Overeaters Anonymous, even existed. It took four years into the program. And my therapist to tell me, she says, you know, um, if you're having such a problem with your weight, maybe you should try Oh, I hear it's, it's a program for people like you to have gained a lot of weight. And I said, okay, I'll go there. And I remember going there for the first time And um, I went to the wrong meeting because obviously um, everyone was slim. And I was like, nah, man, like, like, what is this? You know, why is everybody slim? Well, yeah, because, you know, I went to an anorexic meeting. Of course, I'm not going to relate to people that are like me. So I waited to the next meeting. And sure enough, there were people just like me. I probably was the biggest person in the room. But surely enough, I stuck around and I found someone that looked just like me, felt just like me, and was just like me. But did that help me recover? No, it took me another four years into this program to find the solution. I, I tell you, uh, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a chapter in the big book, that there's a solution. And that's so well hidden that you can't even find it. You know, <laughs> it's just like so hidden, right? Um, but there is a solution, right? At first I had to acknowledge what, what is the problem? Because before you get to the solution, I didn't want to hear about the solution. I thought I had the solution. I thought that eating compulsively and thinking about food all the time was the solution for my problem. Uh, I, I didn't know that I had a problem, right? And, and I had to understand what my problem was in order to move towards the solution, let alone implement the solution into the problem, right? So doctor's opinion was the solution to my compulsive eating, just the eating of the food. It did not solve the other problem that I had. It took another 11 steps to resolve, which was the mental. So first, doctor's opinion, and Bill's story addresses the physical. Doctor's opinion tells you what the problem is, the instructions about what the problem is and how to get the solution to the eating and entire abstinence. And then Bill's story gives you the example what that looks like, right? And so I had to look at that and say, hey, You know, if I want a solution, what can I do? And I was given these pages in the big book. And the first thing they said to me is found on page, uh, I think it's 26 in Roman numerals, where it says that I must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite abnormal as the mind. That was the first thing. And, and I'll explain that. Like, if I if I go on an airplane, right, and and I'm ready to jump off that airplane, I need a parachute. And the first thing that they're going to tell you is, once you're in midair, it is highly suggested that you pull that ripcord. But if I somewhere in in midair, if I don't pull that ripcord. I plummet to my death. And it's the same thing with these steps. When it says you must believe that your body and your mind are abnormal, that I will never, ever, ever, ever be like a normal person. When it comes to my eating, I must believe that. Because if I don't believe that, I plummet to my death. And it sometimes is a physical death. Um, And that's where I was headed, you know? Also, if you don't plummet to your physical death, you may plummet to your spiritual death. So either way, it's a death. And what I had was greater than a physical death. I had a spiritual death. I was dying inside. I, I can't tell you how much agony and pain I was inside because I could not be happy. I could not function. My, my, my problems piled up on me like, like a bulldozer and I just didn't know how to handle life without compulsively eating. I just didn't know how to get out of it. So one of the things that was explained to me is that while I was eating, I could not think straight. And in order for me to get this program, the first thing that it says that I had to understand that I had something called an allergy. Uh, But before we get to the allergy, they said you need to understand that you need to be clear of those foods that are killing you in order for your brain to be clear, to accept what we have to offer, which is a spiritual solution. You can't do that if you're still eating. But I said, but how, how, how do I know what it is that I need to be clear of? And I think a lot of people in OA have that problem because I know I did. We talk about abstinence. And I believe when people say they're abstaining, I truly believe them without a doubt that they are abstaining from some sort of food. But that's not what the big book promises, right? The big book is talking about entire abstinence, right? What is entire abstinence? Because abstaining from one set of food to the other, you can do that. But if you're not entirely abstinent, which is what the big book tells you, then you're in big trouble because you're gonna keep repeating the vicious cycle of repeating the same thing over and over and over again and staying in that clutch. So I'm here today to quickly, because I know we don't have too much time, but I'm gonna go over this paragraph found on page 28, because this this is the paragraph that made the difference for me. So it says, we believe and so suggested a few years ago that the action of the alcoholic and these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy. An allergy is I'm highly sensitive to a certain substance. I introduce that certain substance into my body and I break out with something, right? I'll give you a, a, for instance, if I'm highly allergic to wool and I come in contact with wool, I break out with a rash, okay? In any form that that wool comes in contact with me, I'm gonna break out, right? So it's the same thing with the food. I come in contact with certain types of food and I break out wanting more and more and more and more and I can't seem to put it down. And when I put it down, I obsess and think about it and think about it and think about it until I get back into the food, right? So now they're saying, You know, this is a phenomena and and we don't know it, we don't understand it, but we know that anytime that first bite goes into your mouth, you're off to the races and we don't understand why you go off. And some people do and some people don't. And I fall under the chronic person, right? The chronic one that keeps doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. So it says here that it never occurs in the average temper eater. Right? Never, never means not even one time. And then it says that these allergic types, people like me, can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. So, what is that saying? Never safely use certain foods in any form at all. And I would qualify that to ingredients, because what I've learned is that it's not the food, but the ingredients that cause the allergy. So the food industry spends $8 billion a year researching and marketing how they can add three ingredients into our bodies to keep us addictive. That is sugar, that is fat, and that is salt, okay? So now I gotta figure out how do I know what are the ingredients that are killing me? So I'll give it to you in a form that you can understand, right? If the alcoholic, there are just different forms of alcohol, right? There's the whiskey, there's the wine, there's the bourbon, there's the beer, but they're not allergic to the drinks. They're allergic to the alcohol in the drink. They're allergic to the ingredient called ethanol or alcohol, right? So they can drink coffee, they can drink juice, they can drink water, they can drink all sorts of drinks. They just can't drink the drink that has the key ingredient called alcohol or ethanol. So for me, I had to do the same thing with the food. What are the ingredients and what are the forms that these ingredients come in in the food? So for sugar, for instance, Sugar comes in many different forms. It comes in fructose, it comes in sweeteners, it comes in artificial flavors and natural flavors. It comes in, in, um, uh, let me see what else, uh, refined sugar, flour, flour, white flour. So all these different forms, I had to learn what they were. When it came to fat, I had to also look at what the fat content was, right? Uh, Fat comes in in meats, fat comes in in nuts, fat comes in oils, fat comes in butter and, and margarine and all these other types of fats. And now the food industry, they got so wise that they put dextrose, which is a sweetener into the salt. Why do you think they do that? Because they want you to not taste the saltiness dilute the saltiness so that you can use that bottle of salt much quicker, much faster, so you can keep going at it with the salt. And we have a combination of these things, right? So my thing was, how do I find these things? How do I know how to find these things? So I did an assignment with my sponsor. where she had minutes to- left. Thank you. She had me go through all these food substances, look at how many times they showed up in my food. If it was 50% or more, then I had a problem with it, right? So I looked at it, I acknowledged it. And you know what? I put down anything and everything that had added sugar, added salt and added fat. And that also included amounts, right? Because we all need fat but it's the amounts that I needed to look at. And when I did that, at that point, I'm practicing entire abstinence because now I'm not putting anything that my body is gonna be highly allergic, highly sensitive to, and keep me in that cycle of addiction. Once I was able to be clear of that, then I was able to move on to the rest of the program, which was to address the mental obsession. Because as soon as you put down that food, guess what? Your mind is bringing you right back there. But you have a better chance of accepting what we have to offer, which is that ego reduction process of the rest of the steps if you're entirely abstinent. And entirely abstinent means I can't have a little bit. I can't have if my body and only you know how your body reacts when you put those foods inside and and the big book says you need to be in enti- you need to be totally honest rigorously honest with yourself in order to know what that looks like for you now if you want to be in disease mode you can continue to ingest those things you can continue to go through the vicious cycle but if you don't want to do that then follow the clear cut directions found in this book many people have done it. I've done it. I've lost all that weight. Uh, I used to carry two or three people around with me. Now I just carry one. (laughs) So, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to God that I found a solution in these pages. I followed the directions and I don't have to get into the controversy of do, do I practice entire abstinence or do I not? Because I know nobody's going to convince me the food is right. The food is going to beat me and beat me into a state of reasonableness. So I need to understand that that's what I need to go through each and every time. Right. So I'm, I'm just like grateful that, that the program doesn't leave me astray. But if you're having this problem with the food, I would say, get someone that's recovered, that could go through this process with you. Look at whether, of the, what are the key food ingredients that are killing you and help you to understand and identify those so you know what the problem is with your body. So then when you address that, you'll be clear enough to move towards the rest of it, which is the mental obsession. And I always say, how many steps does it take to take step one? If you've not guessed it, it takes 12 steps because the first step is about the food. The rest of the steps have to do with the mind. So if you take steps one through 12, you'll be recovered (laughs) from a state of body and mind, you know? So I'm, I'm just grateful that, uh, I, I hope that made some sense. I I normally don't do such a quick talk on, on this. Um, I have a length of time to kind of like break it down and develop it, but I'm I'm grateful to, uh, have shared that with you. And I tell you today, I'm, I'm like at a healthy weight and my life is so amazing. I'm not rich, but I tell you, I'm rich in so many different areas of my life that I can't even begin to tell you how rich I am with peace, kindness, love, things that I lack because of my unmanageability. So, um, I'm just going to close it up here and and hope to hear from you guys.
0: Well, thank you so much for your chair, dude. That was awesome. Uh, We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute chairs. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or press start nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raise hands in order and ask you to unmute when is your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each chair and announce when time is up.
2: First, we'll have Lita W and then Angela G. Hi, I'm Lita, Compulsive Overeater. Dude, thank you
0: so, so, so much for an amazingly informative share. Um, I feel like I got a real science lesson, and I just wanted to make sure that I really got one of the things that you you specified,
1: which was that all salt contains dextrose. Is that true? Uh, not the sea salt. Um, it's it's the fact that the food industry is now adding the dextrose to the salt salt bottles. But it could be different salt bottles. I I don't know which ones they are. But got yeah. it. If you look at it, you you'll see them. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so very much. And again, thanks for the detailed work that you did on tonight's share. It was fantastic.
2: Thanks, Lita. Angela G.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Angela, compulsive reader, bulimic, uh, living in a recovered state for today. Um, thank you so much. Do um, thank you everybody for doing service tonight. Uh, your share was amazing tonight. Uh, I uh, have a question for you. I uh, have a sponsee that's asking. Uh, uh, you know, she realizes that I don't really talk about food with her or that um, that's not really our work. Um, and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are around uh, food sponsor versus step sponsor. Uh, if you have an opinion on that at all, I'd love to hear uh, hear that. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. If you go to um, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and never talk about alcohol and just talk about the steps, they would think you would be crazy, right? Um, I I, I don't know. Anytime I went to AA, they talked about don't pick up alcohol. I don't know. And then they say 90 days, 90 meetings in 90 days. Don't touch alcohol. Don't look at alcohol. Don't think about alcohol. And it's the same thing, right? If I'm working with a sponsee and I never talk about the elephant in the room, you know, and I look at everything around in that room and I don't address the problem, how are they going to go recover, right? I don't I don't separate my sponsorship from the food and, and the 12 steps because I need to be highly engaged with the person who's sick and suffering over the food. To help them to get out of that addictive substance, you know, just like when I go to AA, you know, I need someone to help me to get out of alcohol, right, because I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it if if somebody doesn't address it and say, we're just going to study the big book and we're going to go through the steps, but we'll never talk about the elephant in the room. I don't think that's a wise thing to do. You need to be able to engage with the person find out what is killing them in order to help them. I hope that answers your question. Next we'll have Wendy F. Thanks guys.
2: Hi, I'm Wendy. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. I just to thank you so much for your share and for your insistence and passion about entire abstinence. Um, I have been around the rooms for 28 years. Um, The first time I just, I was so young that it was just like kind of, I I just, no way was I even going to get it. But I came back about five years ago, like really wanting it, but really unable to hear Whether I was here, you know, whether it was presented in the way you just presented it, or if I just couldn't hear it, but that concept of entire abstinence just wasn't sinking in. And um, I was doing the program and I was doing service and I was doing meetings and I was doing writings. I was making amends. I was doing 10 steps, but I wasn't entirely abstinent. And I wasn't getting what I saw on a lot of your faces. You know, I wasn't getting that shine in my eyes I wasn't getting the stories of peace around coworkers and peace around relationships and I wasn't getting that stuff and um you know I hear people say it all the time but I think to actually get that message of entire abstinence I mean I gave up stuff that was not fair was not fair that I had to give up you know and that was my attitude like nuts are you kidding me like that is a staple in society like I can't give that up. That's not fair. And, you know, not to go through my whole list, but there's things on my list that were not fair that I had to give up. But when I got sick enough, just emotionally, spiritually sick enough, um, I was open to entire abstinence and said, I really said, I'll do it for 90 days. That's all I can do it. And after about 30 days, I actually less than that, after just a few days, it became apparent to me how easy putting the food down became once I put those allergic foods down. You know, just it it really is easy once, once my body is not being triggered every five minutes. I was, you know, I'm allergic to sugar and I was eating the non-fat yogurt that has a trace of sugar in it. So every morning I was starting the day off with sugar, thinking I wasn't eating sugar. So, you know, yes, there's a lot more to it and there's steps, you know, two through 12. But if we're talking about the doctor's opinion and the allergy of the body, I'm having a completely new experience with abstinence and a completely new experience with the steps because I'm entirely abstinent. And um, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even recommend someone try the program if they weren't willing to do it because it's kind of a waste of time. Um, So anyway, thank you for your share and thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Wendy F. Next, Roberto G, and then Amy L. Hello, I'm Roberto
0: G. I'm a compulsive overeater. eater. Uh, grateful to be here. Um, Dewey, thank you so much for that, Chair. Um, a lot that I could relate to, but I what stood out to me was what you said at the end of, um, you know, that you're not rich, um, maybe not in money, but rich in, in spirit and, and in freedom. Uh, Um, And I love that. I love that because I, um, you know, I thought that maybe becoming a millionaire or or making all this money uh, was going to fix all my problems, right? Like I just, I thought, you know, if I become a millionaire, then I can buy that condo by the beach and I can pay a chef to cook for me and I can, you know, I can get a personal trainer and I'm going to get in shape. And, you know, if I'm by the beach, I'm surely going to take these long walks by the beach and I'm going to lose all the weight and the chef is going to, cook healthy meals for me and the personal training is going to get me in shape and I'm going to be happy for the rest of my life. All I need to do is become a millionaire. Um, and I have no doubt in my mind that if I, by some miracle, as much as my life was a manageable, manageable when I was in the food, became a millionaire, I would be watching Netflix in a dark room, eating ice cream in that condo at the beach. I have no doubt about that uh, because that money wouldn't have um, help me um, get a hold of my disease. What is helping me is is, is these twelve steps, um, the fellowship, and uh, my faith in God, and um, that removal of the defects, that uh, neutralizing those defects, recognizing them, um, processing the emotions in a healthy way through the tools of the program. That feeling right here that's rich that to me is priceless you know those 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 full nights of sleep that i get um being present for my children being present for my family um, being of service to other people uh, without the without the, the the ego taking over and wanting respect and love and recognition that to me is being rich um, and i just i am just so grateful for that um, so thank you for your chair and thanks for letting me chair. I we will now stop the recording for the unrecorded questions or chairs with the with the Zoom host. Please stop um, the recording.